Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Meyer pregame show as we get set for high school football at North Hunterdon. A very special evening and uh, actually pretty excited. Uh, this is the first time that uh, he and I are getting to chat, but you've all seen his name over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and that is Yao Etze, uh, currently the all-time leading rusher in Montgomery history. Uh, Yao, man, thanks for, for coming on and taking uh, time away from your busy day to, to join us. Absolutely. I'm super excited to chat uh, Montgomery football. <laughs> so uh, let me uh, do you a little bit of justice here. And I'm sure all you folks out there are going to realize as I keep going to this, this is another uh, big dummy that Montgomery graduated all these years ago. So we got Montgomery High School class of 04, Cornell class of 2008 is currently the head of research engineering at research and engineering at Invitae. He's a member of the Forbes Technology Council. He's the former chief technology officer at Digify. He's the founder of Repetier AI, and he's an angel investor in a couple of different companies. As if I didn't feel any dumber, or I didn't think I could feel any dumber, here I am talking to you. So just if you could try, try to not embarrass me as we go, I would appreciate that. <laughs> Dude, that is like a resume to end all resumes. I mean, that, that's just an impressive list there. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's of course, our pleasure. Um, yeah, you know, you were uh, a part of the Montgomery football program in its infancy. Before the team was a varsity program, you were basically the team gave birth and you were there to, to you know, participate. And yep. the thing that I don't think anybody realizes is uh, that I'm going to tell to the world right now, your first two years, Montgomery did not have a varsity program. So you were playing sub varsity, not because that's where they put you, but because that was all that existed. So this 2000 or rather 1951 uh, in terms of yardage that came in only two varsity seasons. Are your legs yeah. still tired? <laughs> they are tired. Um, but, you know, it, it was obviously a really special time at Montgomery. And I remember some of my coaches, uh, from Pop Warner, which when I played, I think was the first year there was Pop Warner football, uh, like uh, Coach Bastardi. I don't know uh, if he's still at. Um, at, at he's uh, not, but like only in the recent past. So yeah, so he was the offensive coordinator. He was the head coach at Pop Warner, was our head, our offensive coordinator uh, at the high school. So it was nice to kind of see the program grow from Pop Warner to freshman team. JV to varsity, kind of as you described, and obviously Coach Millich, who who's still there, such a iconic uh, presence, and I think everyone who was there at the time uh, has a ton of memories. And uh, a couple of years ago, he invited me to speak at uh, one of the year end banquets, and uh, I got a bunch of Millich stories, but I'll maybe save them from another for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. I uh, so I was talking to him uh, this afternoon. Because I just wanted, you know, some comments from from Z about you and kind of what his, uh, you know, memories were of you. So I, I wrote down what he said. He said, you know, in typical Millage fashion, when he was like, you know, when he really admires somebody, there were some dramatic pauses in here. So he said, workhorse. Just, God, just 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 a workhorse, man. <laughs> guy, guy, guy was a workhorse. Everybody knew he was getting the ball on every play and it really didn't matter. He was one of those old school guys, like old school 1970s football. Everybody knew you were giving it to him on every play. And he got start, he got stronger and started to wear the other team down. 
And it really didn't matter. He just was incredible. How about that? High praise from, uh, from Coach Millish. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's uh, – I don't know what to say to that. I, I obviously appreciate the, the comments, but, you know, it was a, it was a team effort. And I think it was um, like looking back at our initial season, just the, the thought that we were playing against teams that have been playing football for, you know, decades – and here we are, uh, really the first time playing organized football. I remember, I think our first game, I'm going to blank on the, the team exactly, but uh, Z like made this comment about how they should feel embarrassed that we, I think we actually scored first, um, that, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, very unexperienced varsity football players actually were able to, to score um, and there's just like so many memories like that, that you, you remember, uh, even, I think this was like 20 years ago now, <laughs> something like that. Doesn't that um, make you feel old and I'm older it, than you. So, you know, it does. <laughs> I I've lived through some of those moments myself. It's, it's a terrible feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now obviously, you know, you hear Millich be on that side of those comments talking about, you know, like, Oh, he, everybody knew he's giving them the ball every play. Was there any time where you were just like, Jesus, can I just get a break over here, please, for like two plays? Only when I – I think my junior year was when I was still playing both ways, so that was the only time where it was really a, a problem. But senior year, I think I, I convinced Millish to let me focus on offense, and so I you know, I loved the opportunity to carry the ball all the time. Um, but, yeah, that, that first varsity year was tough playing both sides of the ball <laughs> and getting it so much. I can't even imagine. Well, I shouldn't say that. I can imagine it because uh, it's happening currently for our own football team. You know, Alex uh, Benitez, who's on the verge of, of breaking your record, possibly uh, in this week's game against North Hunterdon. Um, you know, we joke that the kid at the end of the season could run a marathon without a problem. You might not even have to give him water because <laughs> li- literally on every play he is, you know, I, and I think some of that's the function of the fact that he's been forced into this role, you know, at the quarterback position, but you know, <clears throat> he really has been the, you know, the bread, the butter, the knife, the, you know, <laughs> the plate, the everything that you serve it on. Is, is that a, not from the, not so much a physical standpoint, but just like the mental side of that was that something you fed off of or was that like in some ways intimidating for you well it's been a while so i i I can't say definitively but i i just remember uh obviously it's a humongous team effort and you know there's nothing I'm obviously biased because i i played football and i love it but i feel like there's nothing like a a football team all working in sync and so when you're fed the ball consistently you just feel like you're you know a part of the team and trying to move the ball forward as as successfully as you can so I don't think I was really thinking that much about it at the time other than we're trying to do a pretty hard thing which is as a a newly varsity program take down some teams that have been around for a while so I think that was really where my focus was, was, yeah, let's, this is the role I'm playing on the team. So let's, let's get it done. What's your fondest memory from high school football? A uh, couple of them. Um, I remember there was a game at North Warren. Is that, is that actually the game that are they playing North Warren this 
No, North Hunter, North Hunterdon. North Hunterdon. Um, we had this game against North Warren, which was, I think, one of the games where I broke 200 yards for the first time. And I always remember that. That was a very, um, you know, consistently physically pounding game. And I believe it was their homecoming night and we still won, which is uh, a nice, uh, a nice um, prize for us at the end uh, of that game. And, and it's funny you say that before you get to your second one, because I do want to hear that. Our, one of our uh, I, I'll call him an intern, although the kid is going to end up going to Syracuse and doing this this kind of job for a living. If, yeah. if, if I have to say, because the kid is awesome. He's also our center, um, the you know, and one of the top 10 linemen in the state, Brandon Fury. And he said that to me in the preseason on, on a podcast. He said, man, I, I love going to somebody else's homecoming and just ruin it. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then there was another game. I think it, I forget, I forget the name of this, this town, but not a very large school. I, I just remember that their, uh, their team colors are red and white. It was a, like the game, it was downpouring. It was like one of the few games we played where it was extremely muddy. And, you know, I think that's one of the games that Milich was describing where, we weren't going to throw in those conditions. So it's kind of like, it's our 11 against their 11. They know where the ball's going, you know? Um, and I feel like football's one of the, the sports where, you know, uh, some people frown at how physical it is, but it's like a, an amazing athletic achievement to like physically <laughs> move that many people and move the ball forward. So I, I, I personally always loved that. Like I was, a uh, a running back that uh, I don't know if Millich mentioned it to you, but I like, I loved contact. I didn't run away from contact probably yet. I remember uh, hearing some screams uh, during like uh video. Um, what, what do you call it? Uh, when we were reviewing tape. Yeah. <laughs> week, yeah like, when you're watching film. Yeah. Coach was starting like yelling at me for not hitting the hole and like running into the linebacker. Um, but there was just like a lot of satisfaction in just like the, uh, the physicality of, of it. And, you know, you're talking about like a mud game, you know, games that we grew up watching and playing in and stuff like that, that doesn't even exist anymore. Like I hate to break this to you. <laughs> that like, you know, it would be like, they don't have turf. Excuse me. What's that? <laughs> what should we do with that? Like, it's just a concept that, you know, for guys our age, it's just so fun yeah. to, to be around. Um, but I, I imagine that that had to add to the ambiance of it you know, yeah, in, in some the, way at the time, it, I'm not sure how excited we were. Cause it was cold. It was raining, but you just remember like the slog. Um, but you know, I'll never forget that experience of, you know, playing football in the rain. It's like a, an awesome experience. You don't get, uh, to experience too many times. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny that you say that I, I, maybe I have forgotten it a little bit, Mud is cold. Mud is really yep. cold in the winter. Nobody realizes that. It's freaking freezing. Exactly. So, the worst. So um, you move on to Cornell and you play football two years at Cornell and then you get, uh, you know, kind of, I don't want to say pulled away or sidetracked. You start a, a company first of like, it seems like a thousand companies that you've started <laughs> And uh, doing kind of what, what we do, you know, some podcasting, some media, um, and that carried you through to graduation. Ta- tell us about your Cornell experience overall, football, school, you know, yep. that decision. 
Yeah, I I loved Cornell. Uh, still love it. Uh, you know, um, it, it's it's a really it, well. I think my kind of football experience at Cornell was unique in the sense that I was recruited by different coaching staff that was actually there when I got there. So the the coaching staff that I was working with and was being recruited by were all let go, and then a new coach like came in. And that definitely had an impact on how uh, like excited I was. Cause I, you know, I felt like the coach that came in also had his own set of recruits. Um, sure. So that, that was an interesting situation, but I would say the biggest, like um, the biggest thing I can remember about going from high school to college and Cornell's, you know, D one double a, I forget. I, I, I think it's like, FCS now or whatever, whatever they call it, um, is it, it really did feel like a job. Whereas, uh, in high school, like you're, you're playing because you love it. And at a place like Cornell on top of the academics and like also having a life, like you have to really love, uh, the game of football and invest in it to be successful at that level. And, you know, one of the things that I remember, uh, I had conversations with Milch about was, you know, football, especially at the high school level is like such an opportunity to, uh, you know, learn a bunch of life lessons and also can open up so many doors. So I kind of always had that mindset. So when I found things that I was interested in and could apply it and it kind of apply myself, like I could already see like, you know, you're going to practice against people who like they eat, live and breathe football. There's a, there's like a different focus of understanding an extremely complicated playbook and going, you know, doing 5am workouts and all that stuff. Uh, although I love to, I, I love to work out. I just like knew that my focus and even the people on my team, not to mention the people we played against was just very different in terms of our commitment to football at that level. So you know, after my sophomore year, started this company called Slope Media Group. Um, that took up a bunch of time. Um, and I, I made the decision, you know, I, I can't do everything. <laughs> so football, unfortunately, was one of the things that I had to cease to do. Sure. Seems like you do everything though. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you that. And I assume now I'm, I hope I'm not making too far of a leap on this one slope media in reference to the slope at Cornell. Is that where we got this from? That's right. Yeah. I've been, I've been to a couple of slope days in my undergrad years. And <laughs> for those of you kids out there who don't know, we're not going to talk about it. You can figure it out for yourself. It's a good time. Let's put it that way. Um, (laughs) so, uh, software engineer, is that engineering major? Was that kind of the specific route you went or was it just general engineering? It was, it was actually more what we call data science today, but information science. So a lot of statistics, a lot of math. Um, but even prior to Cornell, I, I'd always done software engineering. So I, you know, I took AP computer science at Montgomery, uh, so, you know, I felt like when I graduated, I, I had a bunch of different options. Like actually the first role, I, the first place I worked at was standard and Poor's and like a financial analyst role, which was not kind of my forte, but then kind of leaned into what I felt I was 
better at because I've been doing it for a while, which is more software engineering. You touched on something that I was like, oh man, you know, like it's so relevant for our kids in school today. Um, and I'm interested in how kind of it applied for you. There's a push in education and in, you know, I guess just maybe it might be our, our community that like, if we can't quantify it, I don't know how much value it has, right? You know, like, well, why are you spending time doing that? Because that's not going to get you a grade and that's not going to get you into college or whatever. So, you know, you talk about the, the, the value of all that stuff that football gives you in terms of those life lessons and working as a team and, you know, it being something greater than just you. I, I'm curious about how, you know, like, even in like in a job interview or, or something like that, that, you know, an employer or even you brought up like, Hey, by the way, like I know how to be a part of a team here, you know? And and that's, and like the importance of that, because like I struggle as a counselor sometimes even in meeting with parents where I'm trying to say, but like, I I promise you there's value in this other thing. And they're like, I don't know. You know, like what's your take on that? You know, um, it sounds so cliche, but it, it is really hard to quantify, but it's like undeniable in my opinion. Like it, and it shows up in, in ways that you wouldn't expect. Like there is a grit factor in football, like playing in the mud, like it sucks. You got to do it. You got to figure out a way to make it happen. And there's so many ways you can extrapolate that to kind of anything. Like you could think about it in the pure academic sense. You could think about it when you're trying to figure out something hard and you know, there are obviously multiple ways to learn that lesson, but you can, like, I found it really easy to work with people that kind of like in any sport, it can be like, not just football, but any sport where you're like, yeah, I have to like grind through this to just make it happen. And typically people who have like an athletic background inherently get that or, or, or not upset about the process of actually getting to what you want. Um, And that's like a, a hard thing to articulate to someone who's never experienced it. But um, I think football, because of how physical it is, it it like really makes it uh, uh, it's really obvious. And then there's the whole, the whole process of practicing and training camp. Like some of the, the memories I remember are like two days and three days, both in college and high school. And uh, I, I remember, you know, in between practices, going to a friend's house, going to going to his pool like hanging out with the receivers and the linemen and then being and complaining that we're going to have to do conditioning later and then going to practice and coming back and you just remember like all those conversations and that and that bonding and I think that becomes valuable when you know the game is on the line you need to depend on these people you've been through you know you've been through the challenges you you learn how to work as a team you understand people's strengths uh Again, I, I think there are ways to learn that without athletics, but I would say the what always comes to mind when I think about those lessons always like come from athletics and specifically football because it's such a, you know, the, the period of your time, uh, period in your life where you're, you know, growing and you're learning things and you're experiencing things just like really anchors like you know, oh, I've done something hard before, so I can do this or I can do this. Um, I think sports do a really good job at driving that home. Uh, it's like you're kind of like 
pulling things that are rattling out and, you know, inside my own brain <laughs> here, which is great. I mean, you know, we harp on, uh, you know, our, our core values, like what do we want to be as a school? And, you know, and you obviously yeah. are aware of, you know, our community and now your community again, which we're excited about, we'll get to that in a minute, yeah. but um, that, you know, resilience be a thing. I mean, obviously we want our kids to be resilient, right. But one of the main things that we have to understand about resilience is in order to employ that particular skill, there has to be something that goes wrong before yeah. you can be resilient. And, yeah. you know, as adults and as parents, we don't want our kids to fail at very many things. So is there like a more organic way to try fail and have no choice, but to come back again, one minute later and do it again than athletics? Like, I, I just feel like it's such an, inst it's almost like wrapping a metaphorical bubble around a kid and yeah. saying like, this isn't all going to go well, figure it yeah. out. And it's not going to damage yeah. them for the rest of their life. <laughs> I I don't know, but I, I know that like where even in an academic setting, like that, those are always the examples I, I come to. So I recall, uh, so this was between, uh, after I graduated and before starting at Cornell, they send you this conditioning program. And, you know, you're looking at it, there's like lifting you have to do, sprinting you have to do to show up to training camp. And you can kind of like go through the motions and I was going through the motions. And then at some point I was like, oh, let me go up early and like see what this is all, all about. Get there. And like, there are some people who were there the entire summer that were miles ahead of where I was. And it's kind of like, oh, wow. Like uh, I thought I was okay, but clearly I'm not at where I need to be. And there's a conditioning test. And I remember the first time I ran that conditioning test, didn't pass it. And so the entire, like I, the first month, like every time after practice running stadiums, like they will make you remember <laughs> that you should have been, you know, doing what you needed to do to pass the conditioning test. And I remember after finally passing this conditioning test, like our strength and conditioning coach was like, singing my praises because he was mocking me that, you know, here's this guy, he's like a, a warrior in the gym, couldn't pass the conditioning test, but finally <laughs> passed the conditioning test. And it's like moments like that, that always kind of stick in your mind that you kind of just, you got to get through things. It's not always going to be smooth sailing. Um, sometimes you don't know where you stack up until you have to compete against someone. Um, and it, it's hard to know, again, uh, you know, there are, I guess, academic competitions that might teach a very similar thing. Um, but, it, you know, athletics is another way that I found it's been really helpful. And even just the, the con I guess, the concept or the feeling of, you know, I, I can do more than what, like, if I'm just sitting here left to my own devices, I could probably accomplish A, B, and C. But right. I'm really probably capable of much more than that if I you know, push myself and then even probably a little more than that before you really yep. reach that breaking point. But, you know, it's, uh, there you go. There was, I guess, our, are we getting paid by the youth athletics council or something like that? Can we get them on board? Cause we yeah, just did well, a pretty good infomercial. There's something that when I first moved, I moved back to town about, uh, two years ago and, uh, coach Millich was describing, you know, it, it was hard. I don't know if this is still the case to, uh, convince parents to let their kids not just play football, but kind of any sports, like you were mentioning, uh, there's kind of this laser focus on academic achievement, which, you know, I a full believer. And I, you know, 
went to Cornell, did the whole thing. I like, I, I'm all for that, but there is a, there is value in well-roundedness and all these other lessons that athletics I think can teach you. So it was a little uh, jarring to hear how hard it had been. I don't know if that's still the case, trying to fill kind of the athletic programs and parents not kind of seeing the full value. Well, I, you know what I think that we've been we've been blessed because um, I think it is difficult. I, I, when you look at some of the surrounding towns like the West Windsors, you know they've been really hit pretty hard. I, I think from an or an athletic standpoint, um, you know in that way, and they had to you know combine schools back to to just to be able to form a football team. Um, we've been very lucky that you know Zorn's been you know, the consistent presence and, uh, you know, in the basketball gym, it's been Chris Grundy and, you know, just built a, you know, a powerhouse, you know, there, which who would have thought that, right. You know, yeah. Montgomery boys basketball powerhouse. And yet here we are <laughs> that, um, you know, it's just, th those feel like unique situations, but yeah, I think it is pretty challenging still, but you, so you had was, were both Grundy and Mr. Papaduke, uh, coaches on your teams that you played on. Yeah. Yep, Grundy, Papa Duke, uh, Coach Schmiel, who I, I heard is Schmiel. now the principal at uh, Princeton, which is awesome. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Bastardi was there. Um, I think Delgado was there. Yeah. And funny enough, he was, uh, I think he was a phys ed teacher when I was in elementary school. And after I graduated, I understand uh, Coach Gebhardt uh, was a coach at some point. He was my third grade teacher. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of nice to see, um, like, my entire history at Montgomery represented uh, on the football coaching staff. I, I was thinking about this this afternoon on my drive home, that if we could have just, like, taken a snapshot of a photo one day at practice – and then like our future selves could come back and just stand next to those past selves and be like, you're going to be the principal of Montgomery. You're going to be the principal of Princeton. You're going to be the principal of the upper middle school. You're going to yeah. have 17 companies and go to Cornell. And like, yeah. people would be like, Whoa, what are, what are we doing here? It's so what, like, take me back to that time. Because when we talk about these guys, you know, you talk about Delgado and Pops and Grundy, like these are people that I consider some of my best friends in, in the world, you know, and, and I've known them now 15 years yeah. that you know that was another time yeah. <laughs> you know back then and, <laughs> and those guys are so much fun that yeah. that had to be just an amazing coaching staff to play for it, it really was and you know there <laughs> I, I remember I think it was coach Delgado uh who who was saying like who's really harping on you guys really need to cherish this time in your life I trust me like so for some of you, this will be the last time you play football. And this is at practice, you know, at, at the end when people are doing conditioning and at, at the time at that age, like that goes in one ear out the other. And then you think back to now this interview and, and like how many of those memories are, are so ingrained in my memory. And you mentioned the coaching staff. It, it was a right. Like, uh, I think, uh, coach Roman, um, I think retired or I'm assuming he's, he's yep. retired at this point. Um, 
who was a mainstay at Montgomery for uh, still doesn't a long have time. sleeves on, by the way, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, know, I know that he's up the road and like literally in a cutoff shirt right now. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, it was great. It, it was great. Um, you know, I, I think I, fortunately I was probably on the, on the good graces of most of our coaches. Cause I, I was doing what uh, they were expecting us to do. So, I don't know if everyone would say the same thing, but I had a great time uh, uh, with them as our coaches. That is, that's the, so the assistant superintendent in, uh, in Montgomery now, Damian Papa, there was a, uh, there was a one year time period where uh, my hallway was Damian Papa, Corey Delgado, and then me. And I, I mean, I don't know that I had more and actually, and pops was on the other side of the divider of one little door. I don't know that there was a, a more fun year that I had uh, at Montgomery than, than that one. So I can't even imagine what it was like to be around all those guys and you throw, you know, the insanity that is Chris Grundy in, into that mixture and you know, yeah. it, it is what it is. So now, you know, fast forwarding back to reality and, and here we are now that you see this record about to be broken what do you like, I guess, how do you react to that? How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, it's funny. I didn't know it was still a record when uh, Coach <laughs> re- reached out to me because I, I had assumed it had, uh, it had fallen before this. So, uh, you know, it sounds like it had a good run. Um, I, I wish the, uh, you, you said it's our current quarterback that's about to break the record. It is Alex Benitez. He was our uh, running back last year and our quarterback on the first play of the season last year broke his arm. So it was like, Hey buddy, here you go. And uh, he's kind of been under center ever since. Uh, Is he a senior or is he a junior? He is. And he's, Um, and I I noted that uh, because, you know, you did it in two years and he's been a four year varsity player. He, I mean, Alex is a pretty put together kid. If you, you know, to just walk in the building at age 14 and play varsity, but he did. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wish him all the, all the luck again. I, I, I hope that all of the, uh, all the people on the team currently um, will look back at this period in time and, and kind of remember um, not just my record, but any other, any other record that's, that's being broken. Um, to be honest, I didn't think that much about it, but, it's always nice to see your, your name in a wall somewhere. So uh, that, that part will, I guess, sting a little bit, but I, I wish nothing but the best for Alex and the team uh, on this upcoming game. Well, you, that, your name's not coming off the wall anytime soon. I can tell you that. <laughs> the, the, uh, just overall now, as you kind of look back and if you would say to, you know, any of the non football players, non athletes, just, you know, folks that are listening to this or watching this, that are saying like, wow, this is a pretty impressive guy here. And, you know, your advice to, to those kids would be. Uh, um, it's, that's a good question. I, I feel like I don't have generic advice because I would always say, you know, um, you got to make it advice work for you and like contextualize it. But I, I, I would kind of double down on some of the things that we were talking about earlier about just the value of um, 
athletics and football more broadly and um, the life lessons that you learn at this stage. Like, I feel like saying it now, if, if I heard this interview when I was that age, I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm young. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Uh, not, nothing, uh, nothing this guy's saying is going to make sense, but um, you know, I, I think back to some of the people I played with that either stopped playing in our senior year or our junior year and like how much they were missed. And um, it's like, even to this day, when I run into some of these people, I'm like, dude, if, if you played our senior year, we would have been amazing. Uh, it's funny, like <laughs> how, how that kind of just uh, sticks with you. So, um, you know, I, I guess my, my blanket advice would be, there are life lessons in, in pretty much anything, but specifically in football that I think just stay with you. Um, so I would use the time to uh, enjoy your friends and, uh, you know, try to try to make a, a record or two. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, now that you're back in town, uh, you, you need to be less of a stranger uh, with us. And uh, since now I know that you kind of, I guess I'm trying to be who you were 15 years ago. So uh, (laughs) you might be getting phone calls from me to, to uh, figure out how we can do what we do. We do a little bit better. Um, But hopefully this is the first of uh, many times that we have you on because I I enjoyed the heck out of this conversation and um, thank you so much for, you know, taking time out of what I is, I am certain an incredibly busy schedule. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. You have this has been the currently still all time leading <laughs> rusher for a little while longer. Uh, yeah, let's say. Uh, yeah, thanks again, man. We're going to be back with uh, the kickoff of Montgomery and North Hunterdon on a Friday night here in the mire. Don't go anywhere and stick with us. You're caught in the mire. This is the Montgomery Internet Radio Experience. <laughs>